Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He's a fat bottom girl, and he makes the world go round. <laughs> it's Micah. It's so appropriate for this <laughs> this sure episode is. today. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you could have also picked Big Girl, You Are Beautiful from Mika. Girl, you are beautiful. Yeah. What a great song. Dude, you love that guy. Oh, my God. He's so catchy. How can it's... you not love his music? Oh, man. I forgot that existed until this moment. You know, I haven't listened to... He, he had a moment like he in did. Like 2010. Yeah. I haven't listened to anything beyond his first album. I almost don't want to. It's one of those albums where I don't think he could top it. Lightning in a bottle. Man. Yeah. I, I don't think he could top it. So he's made other music. I just refuse to listen to it. I'm no, just too I, afraid. With that style of music, I don't know where else you could go. Right. Yeah. It was such a good album. That's, I mean, that's where the killers should have stopped. Yeah. After their first album. I know like their two popular songs and aside from that couldn't. Oh, dude, couldn't their first album is great. Everything beyond that is, it's Okay. It's all right, but whatever they did in their first album, man. Dude, a lot. You know how I feel about first albums are usually the best. Because once you have your whole life to write your first album. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good, good stuff. Um, it's a good thing that we're not talking about music today. It's no. a good thing that we're talking about really depressing films. We're, yeah, we're talking about Brendan Fraser playing a big, fat, fatty. <laughs> He's <laughs> the saddest guy in the world. Yeah. But also quite uh, optimistic in a weird way. I get delusional, maybe. Sure. <laughs> but but I, I mean, he sees the good in things in this film quite a bit. That is true. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's let's get into it today. We are talking about the whale. So we'll play the, the ad in the beginning and then we'll get into it. Yeah. Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Alrighty, folks, today we are talking about The Whale. It is a 2022 drama film directed by Darren, God, this name, Aronofsky? Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, Darren, of course, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that five times fast. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky, man, Darren, Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky. It sounds like a like a house beat. It does. Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky. Let the beat drop. Okay. So directed by Darren Aronofsky and written by Samuel D. Hunter. And it's based on a 2012 play of the same name. Okay. So it's starring Brandon Fraser, kind of his comeback role. I mean, it's been a while since he's been in anything relevant. 
Uh, it also co-stars Sadie Sink of Stranger Things fame. Sure. Uh, Hong Chow, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think that that's appropriate. Which, she looks familiar. I'm not uh, super familiar with a lot of her work. You know what? Let's pull it up. I got an IMD pulled up. Let's find out what else she was in. She plays Liz Charlie. Is that his name? Charlie is Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser plays a big fat fatty named Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> um, who divorced his wife and left her and his young daughter on their own so that he could pursue his true love, which was another man named Alan, who happened to be his best friend's uh, brother. His best friend is named Liz, played by the woman whose name I just said that I've immediately forgotten. Hong Chow? Hong Chow. Is that... I literally just uh, just pulled that out. I, I, I yeah, yeah, Hong Chow. Okay. She's from... Uh, her other big roles are uh, Downsizing, The Menu, and Watchmen, the series. Not the movie, though. No. That movie was so good. I didn't watch the, the show. It was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I don't know whatever happened to it. I'm pretty sure they canceled it. Yeah, it, I think it was, it was a okay. season. I just, I love the, show, the movie and the comics too much. I just, I couldn't watch something that wasn't Alan Moore. Related. I get that. And it's not, certainly doesn't live up to the film. Yeah. yeah. So Aronofsky, uh, I thought that the name sounded familiar. And there are some reasons why. So he directed the following movies. He directed The Wrestler with Mickey Mantle. He directed The Fighter with Christian Bale and um, one of my one of my heartthrobs. Uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? He's a Boston boy. Tom Cruise, Mark uh, Wahlberg, Matt Damon, Mark Wal- Wahlberg. Okay, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Um, Noah, <laughs> the movie Noah with Russell uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe Crow playing uh, playing Noah. Noah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. I think I think I did watch that. Right? Oh, I refuse to watch that. <laughs> I refuse to watch it that. It wasn't one. good. Yeah, he also did Requiem for a Dream. Okay. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of that one. Never seen it. I've heard that the name. That is a movie. That's a Jared Leto movie. So Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly. That's like another kind of sad dramatic it film, is right? It's a sad dramatic film. It, yeah, it has the, to do with like heroin addiction. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And um one of the Wayne brothers, the Marlon, the crazy one. Sean, the crazy Damon. one. The thin the thin crazy one. Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Yeah, he's in it too. But anyway, the whale. There's so many weigh-ins. I didn't realize that they were all related. It's, what? I didn't realize that they are they all related. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. All I don't right. know how popular a last name of Micah, is. Welcome to another episode of Micah doesn't know black people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next, you're gonna tell me that Charlie Murphy and Eddie Murphy are related. You know that? I'm not sure about. um yeah so once in the film starring brendan fraser as big fat fatty his daughter uh ellie played by sadie sink his best friend liz played by hong chow she's kind of like a nurse and she plays kind of the role of his nurse as well as his best friend yeah and then a young boy posing as a missionary named thomas who you actually end up finding out is a runaway yeah um, with some other smaller roles, but those, those that's kind of like the main cast. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about this film is it's almost like a bottle episode, like the oh, whole yeah. film. It all takes place in the in his house. Yeah. Mainly in his living room slash kitchen area. 
So, Micah, mm-hmm. first thoughts on the whale? Uh, yeah, initial impressions. Brendan Fraser did great. Brendan Fraser did a really good job in this of sounding depressed and defeated throughout the film, just in the tone <laughs> of his voice. And I don't know if that's just Brendan Fraser because some of the interviews or some of you, cause you he, think he was drawing on like some of his life experience. Like I've been so sad since the mummy returns. I haven't what? worked in 20 years. Well, cause he, he was kind of outcast from Hollywood for a bit. Really? Yeah. Cause he basically said that he was molested and by some, uh, I'm going to have to look it up now, but he, he basically called some people out for uh sexual molestation and Hollywood like blacklisted him. That's why oh. we haven't seen him for so long. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, See, women, you have a man to thank for the Me Too movement. He started it all. We did it first and best, as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to Google Brendan Fraser molested uh, and see what Google gives me. Um, yeah, so says he said that he was uh, molested by Philip Burke, ex-president of Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So he basically came out, made that accusation, and then he just did not see work for a long time. Oh, interesting. I figured it was like because he had did The Mummy and The Mummy Returns that they were like... He's, he's lived... That he, they, like, they were like, oh, he's now typecast. He's that character. We sure. can't, He's kind of like the cheesy action guy. Yeah. Because I knew that he was in this movie. I know that this, this movie made a big hubbub. Like it was, Everybody's talking about the whale, how good it is and how good Brendan Fraser is. But I hadn't seen it, but I did see some interviews with Brendan Fraser just like winning awards, and he still seems sad in real life. <laughs> like just his voice, the tone of his voice, he seems he seemed very thankful for the opportunity to do his trade again. Yeah. But also like there is a there's just a, a sense of sadness that I get when I watch him now. Just him. Interesting. So, okay. so I kind of, I definitely got that in this movie. I don't know how much of that was him acting or kind of himself kind of coming into it as well. I don't know. Probably a mixture of both. But I thought that he did a great job. Like, yeah. a great job. Dude. In this. I Honestly, the whole cast. Sure. I mean, really, the main three, because even Thomas, I would say, is... Thomas is worthless. An, an ancillary character. He is worthless i was i was reflecting on this on like by myself um i was kind of well actually with ashley but ashley didn't watch the movie with me uh-huh so i'm just kind of ashley's the type that she might not be interested in the movie but she still wants to know about it okay so i'm just telling her uh, giving her a recap telling she's her like yeah it's grazing out of me i don't want to watch it just yeah. tell me about it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm talking to her about this guy thomas and as i'm talking to her i'm like you know what that guy didn't have any purpose in this film. I mean, he did to an extent, but I think even though I would consider him one of the four, he he's like probably the most important of the supporting actors. Even he plays a, I think a pretty ancillary role. I don't think he's that important to the story overall. I don't. Yeah. I just don't see anything that I don't see anything in the film that he had to be there for. They could have told whatever stories they wanted to as far as the relationship with his his being um, Charlie, Brendan Fraser character. He is a device yeah. throughout the whole story. So essentially he plays the role of device for showing the backstory between Liz and Charlie. 
Because obviously Charlie left his wife for a man. Yeah. And that man was Liz's brother, mm-hmm. who, because he came out as gay, his family disowned him. He eventually killed himself. The only way you get to that is because of this more this, you know, Christian missionary coming and trying to talk to Charlie. And she's like, look, I've I used to go to that church. I will never trust them, and I hate them because my brother killed himself because of them, right? So he's like the device for that. Sure. As well as he's the device for showing that um, Ellie, Charlie's daughter, played by Sadie Sink, Mm -hmm. that her character is not inherently evil. Um, Because she— You think so? Yeah. Because initially you think he, he makes this confession to her that like, oh, I'm not actually a missionary for that church. Yeah. I was part of my church's youth group and I stole all the money and I ran away. And she records him saying that and sends it to his family. Right. Which it is. I think, I think that's kind of like a neat piece of this film where it's like, you're left to decide, did she do that because she intentionally wanted to be hateful and hurtful to that kid because she thought it was fun Mm -hmm. or, because she was actually being altruistic and trying to get him back home to his family. Oh, yeah. It ends up working out for the better because he's like, my family forgave me. Sure. So I, I think he is a device for the character development of her. And I think he is a device for setting the backstory of Charlie and Liz. But ultimately, at the end of the day, his character is not like a fleshed out Compared to the other three, mm-hmm. his character is not like really a fleshed out um, entity. Sure. It's more like he's kind of there for the purpose of uh, setting the stage for what's going to go on between the three actual main characters in the film. I guess I could see that. I'm I'm still on the fence of um, anything that he brought to the movie. I, I think that he could have showed up at the very beginning, had that very initial conversation with... Um, with Ho Chow's character Liz at the very beginning. And Ho Chow? Hong, Hong Chow, sorry. Hong Chow. Hong Chow. Apologies. We're probably saying it wrong either way. Uh, yeah. Um, Liz. I'm just going to say Liz. Yeah, that's probably Liz. better. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, had the conversation with the character Liz and then never showed up again. I think that he would have, basically that would have been enough for his character. And I think that he could have served any role, any purpose through that. I don't think that Ellie, played by Sadie Sink, the daughter, I don't think that she was being altruistic at all. I think she's got such a hard edge and such a wall built up. I don't see her uh, being emotionally available based on the conversation that he had with her. No, she's clearly a... She's clearly damaged. Yes. Heavily. She's got some serious shit going on. Like... I definitely don't think that she's evil. No. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she's an evil character. I think that she is a kid who her dad left at eight years old, which would torment any kid. Absolutely. Wreck right? somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a whole lot of stuff to deal with in that scenario. Sure. Of course she's acting out. Of course she's lashing out. Like, And it sounds like the mom really wasn't there emotionally for her either yeah so that's kind of what drew me to this film what really sucked me in watching it yeah it's 
kind of diving into the darkest parts of these different people's personalities. It's a story. Everybody in this film is living like the worst version of their life, right? Like you have Brendan Fraser who he left his wife and kid for a man, which you know, which, <laughs> which was, was obviously of his life. Well, no, which was obviously <laughs> not cool with the society he was in. Sure. And then that guy ends up killing him. His true love ends up killing himself. Yeah. You have Liz, who her brother, her best friend, the only reason she even stayed in this church that she never really felt like a big part of it. And that's like the whole thing of her family. He kills himself. And now she's left taking care of this big fat fatty who's killing himself with fucking meatball subs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Dude, he definitely stress eats. Dude. <laughs> definitely and, stress eats. And then you get uh, Ellie, and she is you know, a 17, 18-year-old. She spent the last 10 years. Her dad just walked out on her. Mm-hmm. And to her, from her perspective, she doesn't know that her mom basically told him, like, hey, don't leave us the fuck alone. Leave us out of your nonsense. Sure. Right? And so she thinks her dad just abandoned her. So you get all these people who are at just the worst parts of their lives, just experiencing the worst of it. And it still does this thing of, like, you feel empathy for all of them. There's not... there. I don't feel like there's one protagonist in this. Obviously, Charlie is the main character. Right. But I don't... I feel like it's a story about all three of them and kind of how they're all dealing with this this one decision that affected all of their lives, yeah, right? Like, like him like leaving. They're living in the aftermath. Yeah, of, him of accepting that. that he's gay and he needs to go live with this man that he loves. Mm-hmm. And now they're all dealing with the repercussions of that one decision. Yeah. that That's kind of echoed too in, in his monologue where he's like i just need to know that i've done one thing right in my life um as far as like trying to set ellie up financially and also try and bring her some self-worth through his interactions with his daughter yeah in there too it was a very touching story and and i think that the acting on mainly brendan fraser also though sadie sink did a really good job for Dude. me, I know that she did a good job because I hated her through like the entire film. Yeah, she does a great job of being a anybody who's ever interacted with, with a just shitty teenager. Mm-hmm. She nailed it Yeah, where it's just like, I'm not going to listen to anything you say and whatever you say, I'm going to do the opposite. And everything I do is going to be to get under your skin. Yeah. And she did that effectively. The part of this that absolutely broke me in half was the very final scene. Okay. Because, you know, at the beginning, you know, the the, to- the missionary knocks on the door and he's having like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And he's like, read this fucking essay to me. Read this essay to me. And that's the through line of the whole, whole film. It's sure. this, this essay about Moby Dick. Yep. And you're kind of assuming, they lead you intentionally to assume that this essay was written by his lover who died. Yeah. And at the very end, you end up realizing that it was an eighth grade essay written by his daughter, who at that point he had already not seen for a couple years, but he asked his mother or asked her mother, hey, keep sending me like what schoolwork she is doing. Because that's the one thing he really cares about is like English and Mm -hmm. language. 
And so it's her essay. And yeah. the, the whole time you think it's a story about him dealing with the loss of the man that he loves. It's not. The whole film is about him dealing with the loss of his relationship with his daughter. Sure. And so he's like, he knows he's about to die. And she's like, he's like, just read this to me. Just read it to me. And she starts reading it and he stands up without any help. Like lumbers, like a fucking, it looks like a the whale. It looks like a whale standing up on its fins to walk. Yeah. And she's reading it and he's getting closer to her. He's getting closer to her. And she, there's just this moment where she looks at him and she, and like they're both crying and she says, daddy, no. Cause the whole time she's been so just adversarial to him. Yeah. And in that moment, it all breaks. And she's like, I don't want my dad to die. I still love you. She calls him daddy and says, daddy, no, please. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just fully broke down in tears watching it. Sure. I'm like tearing up talking about it right now. It's just hit me so hard. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, that dude, it's something that happens when you become a parent. I'm like, I'm telling you, I started seeing things like that when I just became a dad, like the movie Thor, um, the latest movie, Love and Thunder. <laughs> Wait, dude. What? what? Oh, the dude. very beginning yeah, with the uh, very Christian beginning Bale? Where the dude, where Christian Bale has dude, his daughter. I didn't even have a kid at that point. I watched it and I teared dude, up. It's I was, I was like tearing up. Yeah, I'm like, why, why are you doing this to me right now, Marvel? Because I just saw this guy and, and you have these, these weird situations where like, now that you're a parent, you can understand the extreme pain of that scenario. Yeah. Right. Like, like you might not be in that scenario with your kid, but you can understand how much that would break you. And I fully get that dude. I fully get yeah. that. Um, I, I did think that it was a, a little bit of a weird ending. It was a little <laughs> strange. Yeah. Because the ending sh happens and Yeah, he, right after that line, a light shines behind him and he starts floating. Yeah, and he's floating and it fades to white. Which, by the way, let me just tell you this. That's something that I've wanted to see in a movie for forever. A fade to white rather than a fade to black. And then have the credits roll from there. I think it fades to white in Harry Potter. Does it fade to white when in he Harry dies? Potter? And he ends up in that train station with Dumbledore. But that's not how the movie ends. Correct. Yeah. Right. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking. Like, I've always wondered, like, why not fade to another color, ever? Well, doesn't it? It fades to white, and then it goes to a scene of them on the beach with her as a kid. Right. Is that how? It, oh well, he does. You do see. Well, now I don't know. It does fade to white though, and the make the main credits. Like pop up saying that like Brendan Fraser was. Oh, okay. Maybe before that it was, there were flashes of like her was, as a kid on the beach. There there were definitely like when he was taking steps, it was then intermittently cutting. Oh, into, okay. That's like, his feet on the beach. But it and faded feeling, to white and went to the credits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know if I fully got the whole, uh, the floating thing. Other than he probably died. Yeah. No, it was just a metaphor for him dying right there yeah. at that point. Yeah. And he felt not only like his weight is almost this like metaphor sure. for 
his relationship with his daughter and the death of his lover and how that's all just been weighing on him, right? So it's like all of that finally being, like when she says, Daddy, please don't. It's like this moment of, forgiveness for him almost sure of like or not a moment of acceptance like no i do love you yeah i do still care for you and it's like at that moment like all the weight is lifted off him now he can die peacefully sure and that was my interpretation of it yeah that's that's kind of where i was with it too that's that's basically where i was i just thought that it was an interesting take on it yeah because there's nothing else weird or yeah at all happening there's nothing else like eerie or metaphysical or anything else going the thing is just a like straight drama yeah (laughs) up until that point where it's like oh now the fat guy's floating yeah how do you think it would have how do you think it would have been if it didn't have that ending and let's say that it didn't have that weird kind of transcendence moment but it actually just showed him die and collapse I don't think I would have liked it as much. Yeah. I I true I loved that ending. Yeah. I mean honestly if it, what I the whole time I was watching I was like I think this is going to be on the show. Oh yeah. Once I saw that part that I was like it was just for whatever reason the end the very end of this movie is the best part of the movie. That and watching him just shove subs in his face. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Dude, so disgusting. Well, and there's that one point where he basically is has just said, you know what, I'm just, I'm, it, he, he doesn't come out and say it, but it's very clear that he makes the decision to just kill himself through gluttony yeah. and then ends up forcing himself to throw up, uh, cause he's just eaten so much food. Oh yeah. That's when that she, scene. that's uh right after Liz gets fed up with it. She's like, you're not supposed to see your daughter. It's yeah. going to bring trouble. Yeah. So she tells the ex-wife. Yeah. And they have the whole conversation. She's like, you need to stop seeing her. Like, this shit cannot happen. Yeah. And she basically says, you're not going to see her again. And he's like, okay, well, I have nothing to live for. So he just eats like three pizzas. Sure. It's just literally anything in his fridge. He's just shoving. <laughs> Dude, it's so horrific. It is. He's like putting a pizza and he's like putting like fucking peanut butter and jelly on his on the pizza, pizza and just shoving it in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very gross. It's very gross. It does its job effectively. Cinematically, I'm just like, wow, dude, this guy's literally hit rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point. Interesting fact, just kind of talking about like uh, the beach scenes. Yeah. So when you get the flashes of young Ellie, mm-hmm. the actress who plays the young version of her is JC Sink. It's uh, Sophie Sink's little sister. Or Sadie Sink's. Younger sister. Oh, that's kind of cool. I just saw that I on uh, IMDb here. I thought okay. it was kind of neat. All right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How did how did you feel about the mom when when she showed up? I kind Dude, of I didn't loved like... her character. Oh yes, yeah. I didn't I mean, like her. I didn't, I didn't like her, but I loved oh, the Love the character. I yeah, I loved the actress portraying okay. her. Yeah. It when she showed up and started talking, <laughs> I was like, oh, this explains some things. As far as like why Ellie is the way that she is, I can see it because it really felt like they did a good job. Because at, at first they did a good job in this movie of making complex characters. Mm-hmm. Because at first, the very first thing that she talks about is the money. That's the very first thing, like the first thing out of her mouth with Ellie at the table. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like that's the very first thing that comes out of your mouth 
what a horrible human. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you, you get into the nitty gritty and you're like, oh, that's right. He did leave her just out of the blue. Like 100% cut her and her daughter out of his life. And you kind of start to see the other side of it where you bring, uh, Charlie, Brendan Fraser's character, did some awful stuff. Right. And so you get to see the empathy from her side of it. And you kind of empathize with her a little bit. Yeah. And so it's just everybody's kind of living in this flawed world with these decisions that were bad. And now they're just dealing with the repercussions of them. And I felt like that was really effectively done. Yeah. that That's the, the character, Mary, his ex-wife. What I liked is it felt. It felt real. Yeah. Like once I've worked, I worked in restaurants for many years. I worked with a lot of single moms. <laughs> and I mean, she nailed it. <laughs> okay. Like I've worked with that person many, for many, many years. Sure. Where it's like you're, you know, it's a single mom trying to raise a kid and she works all the time and she's, struggling to keep control and pay the bills and she has a shitty ex-husband who she feels like just doesn't want to do anything for her sure like i've met that person many times it felt just so genuine yeah. that's and i agree i think all the characters are complex and nuanced and they feel like people yeah like this story aside from him floating at the end none of this really feels like like out of the blue or it feels like a real story that could happen. You know, I think all the characters feel you're, you're empathetic towards them all. Yeah. They like even cause they, none of them are perfect. I think they all have serious flaws, but yeah, so do, so do we all as people, right? Like, sure. It's just a great character study in, just people in a really shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they did a good job of balancing out the, um, they did a good job of balancing out the weight of the material with some, I don't want to say humorous things, but they lightened it up sporadically throughout. And I think that having Charlie be a much more optimistic person and like really seeing the good in a lot of things like yeah. looking at the bright side of a lot of things where probably he shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> yeah. But but at the same time, it I think that it did help the movie and the flow of the movie where you weren't just dragged down and then kept there for two hours. You know, you, you could kind of come up and have a little bit of actual joy watching the film as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think for for what that's worth, that was done very, very well. Yeah, I think so. A little bit of the criticism. So this film did fairly well as far as like critical response. Okay. Um, Let's see. I was looking at it. It doesn't. It has like a six out of ten on. uh, So once it has a six point six out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Which feels pretty low. I'm that pretty sure. Feel low pretty sure for, Gummo has a higher rating. Uh, it, that Isn't feels it, really low for all of the buzz that came out for this film. Yeah, yeah, that seems um, okay. I think some of it has to do 
with, of course, uh, there's been a number of people criticizing the portrayal of fat people. Okay. It's like, like shut the fu- shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I think it's a beautiful portrayal of a person at the end of their rope. And once again, like his weight is a metaphor for all the shit that's like all the weight of the guilt he feels. Right. That that's my take on it is like, yeah, he's, he's a glutton and he's way overweight and it's killing him. What, what is the, what is the criticism though? Just that because he was sad and made bad choices, are they saying like not all fat people are like this? Is that? Yeah, probably. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things like, of all the criticisms of how it portrayed fat, I guess big fat fatties got mad that they didn't make it look like, because apparently now you have to be like, oh, being 500 pounds is a good thing because it's your living your truth. <laughs> Which like, uh, personally, if you pers- if you subscribe to that, cool, good on you. I don't. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and also just to go along with it, any time where things like that come out and people are like, blah, 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 it's so irritating to me. Because it wasn't saying that this guy is miserable because he's overweight. No. It wasn't even saying It's a byproduct of... And also, it wasn't even saying like, oh, if you're overweight, then you're not a good person. Like, none of that was in the film. That had nothing... Him being overweight, like you were saying, was a byproduct of all of the decisions and him just letting himself go and kind of succumbing to the vices that he had. And I would say, like you said, he's a very positive, upbeat character. I think he's a very lovable, likable character who you feel a ton of empathy for. Yeah. I think, if anything, it's the opposite. It's like, you have Liz, who's like, I don't care how much you weigh. I fucking love this guy. I'm sure. going to do everything I can for you. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, I, I thought that was like an important thing to note, though, is like that's I saw when I was like kind of looking into this film a bit. I saw multiple things saying like a lot of people criticized it, like uh, that it's fat shaming or whatever, which I don't think that that was the case at all. No, I I don't either. Yeah, that's that sounds like people just looking for something to be offended by. It sounds like a couple of fatties on their computer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I mean, but in general, I think a lot of critics really enjoyed this. It did win an Academy Award for Best Actor as well as Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Um, it won some AARP Movies for Grown Ups Awards. What? <laughs> for Those are awards that happen? Uh, for Best Actor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good job, Let's Brendan Fraser. Let's see, it Frazier. won the... There, dude, there's so many awards that, like, you don't even know, so you're, like, looking through a Wikipedia on them. Yeah. The, let's see, what's this one? The Capri Hollywood International Film Festival. They need to stop. Best what, actor. Like, what, what is that? Is that the people who made Capri Sun and then just decided, let's get into film? Yeah. Best actor got Critics' Choice Award. Uh, Critics' Choice Award won Best Actor. Denver Film Festival won... The Rare Pearl Award. Ooh. Whatever nice. that means. Good job. Just some nonsense category. <laughs> the Hollywood Critics Association won uh, Best Actor. Uh, Hollywood Critics Association Creative Arts Awards, which is apparently on the same day, maybe the same. I don't know. <laughs> Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Jeez. Oh, man. And then... Uh, 
Yeah, so it won a lot of awards for the makeup on here. Like the because of the suit because that the, Fraser was yeah, in? because of the fat suit. Okay. Um, Palm Springs International Film Festival. Did you know Palm Springs had an international film festival? I had no idea. I think that there should be a limit on... Can you imagine coming from, like, France or something and going to Palm Springs <laughs> There should be a limit. a film festival? Yeah, there should be a limit on the amount of awards that can go out. Like, let's find three companies that will make awards, give different criteria for those awards, and let's just leave it at that. When the thing when a movie comes out and it's got like it's won over a hundred awards, and at this point, like there's a hundred different award studios and ceremonies and one award. All right, Hollywood, you get one award. <laughs> like, just just stop, just just stop, just quit making awards. Now they're meaningless. All the awards you have made are meaningless. They're just participation trophies. There's a St. Louis Film Critics Association. Oh, man. I'm glad that they you know, have that. You know, the St. Louis Film Critics, that uh, prestigious association. Oh, yeah. Again, in what, Illinois? Um, St. Louis is in Missouri. You know, Missouri, who's known for their ability to criticize films and art. I have heard that. From St. Louis. You know, I've Miss, heard, I've you heard know, that Missouri, from Missouri. Just the hotbed of arts and creativity. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry that I didn't know that St. Louis was in Missouri. <laughs> That's cool. Last 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 episode, I think I got Indiana and Illinois, Illinois mixed up. Yeah. yeah. So they're all bullshit states. That's right. No, nah, I mean, kind of, but not really. <laughs> not really, though. You guys matter. Just as much as, you know what, you guys, I I would argue that they're better than, um, oh, we're getting into some rough territory here. You know what? All states are equally nice. Except Delaware. Fucking America's armpit. It's one of the original 13, but it's, it's it's a a bullshit state. Do you think that it's the state that like, okay, we're going to make states. Bam. Delaware. Uh, That was okay. Let's make another one. Because the guy from Delaware had nothing else going on. He was like, yeah, I'll be the first one to sign. He was the first one in line because there was nothing going on. Because <laughs> it's America's armpit. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, man. Brendan Fraser, though. Truly fucking incredible, man. Like, yeah. what a great comeback. I have been a Brendan Fraser fan I don't know if you were how big a fan you were of the Mummy or the Mummy Returns. Um, that was one of those films that was on the edge for my parents, like because it came out when we were kids. Yeah, and they did end up being okay with me watching that one, but it was kind of one that they needed to watch first. There is some like black magic type shit going yeah. on in there, so I get that. So they were they were a little a little at least I remember them being maybe they weren't, but. I just kind of remember, I remember watching that with my parents and thinking, I'm surprised that I'm watching this with them. That was one of those movies were two of my favorite movies as a kid, which I had kind of forgot, but randomly a couple months ago, Kendra put on The Mummy Returns. Okay. And as the movie's playing, I'm literally just saying Every line from the movie as the actors are saying <laughs> so it. So it's just been embedded in your And I was like, oh shit, memories. I forgot. I did watch this 
at least 50 times. Yeah. I've seen this movie so many times. That's so, and that's the one with, uh, with, with Dwayne Johnson, right? That's his, like his first movie role with Scorpion the mu- King. The Mummy Returns. He, yeah. He's in there for a short period of time. Yeah. yeah I don't really remember the second Mummy He movie. plays the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns, mm-hmm. but he's just kind of like a, a side bad guy. Right. And then they gave him a spinoff. Right. I remember the, dude, the spinoff was, this might sound weird, but the spinoff, the soundtrack for the Scorpion King was so important in my formative years of music. That soundtrack. That's the weirdest fucking sentence. Okay. (laughs) Go on. I know. I know. It's a weird thing. (laughs) But that soundtrack was so important for me in getting me into heavier music. And I don't know what it was about it. Uh, One of it was the Godsmack I Stand Alone. Oh my God. That song. That was was from that, uh, that soundtrack. But in addition to that, Chevelle was on that soundtrack. Seven Dust was on that soundtrack. Um, I think that Theory of a Dead Man was yeah, on that that's soundtrack. Like an early, okay, that's like an early 2000s, like, fucking all-star track of, dude, of, like, new metal. Is it, that what? Yeah, that it brand? was yeah. awesome. I remember playing Godsmack for my dad, and he goes, and he's listening to it, and he's like an Eric Clapton fan, Toto. Uh, Billy Joel, like really good musicians. All right. Not that Godsmack's not, but just definitely a different, different vibe. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm playing Godsmack. I stand alone for him. And he looks at me and he's like, you like this? This is, this is the, the, you like this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you, you like this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dad, it's awesome. He goes, okay. All right. And that was it. That's all he said about it. That's it. (laughs) Dude, I had a different, but so when I was like a uh, teen, we're going to get fully off track here for a minute. It's okay. (laughs) So I remember, I don't know if you've ever had an experience similar to this. When I was a teenager, I started playing guitar and really getting into like blues and classic rock and shit. And it was the era of burning CDs. Oh, and so the you, best era. Yeah, and you know Deep Purple, right? No. Smoke on the water. Okay. I know but that song, yeah. That's their worst song. They're uh, fucking incredible. They do a song called Space Truckin', if you've ever heard it. Okay, is it? does that one go, Space Truckin' Water? No. Oh. Come on! Let's go, Space Truckin'! Come on! <laughs> Dude, no, it's, fucking, yep. it's fucking dope. No uh, idea. But they have a song called Lazy, which is one of the coolest. I'll play it for you after this is over. All right. One of the coolest guitar parts ever of all time. Huh. And so I had it on burnt CD and I'm driving in the car, like I'm riding in the car with my dad. And I put this, I'm like, dad, I made the CD. I'm like, you got to hear this song. I thought I'm about to blow his fucking mind. And so I put Lazy on for him. And he listens to it, and he's like, he says, oh, it's fucking Lazy from Deep Purple. I'm like, you know this? He's like, son, (laughs) this is the first album I bought. This is the first album I ever owned was this album. Like, yeah, I know this song. That's funny. And it it was like this super, like, touching father-son moment where I was like, we like the same music? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah, I I have always I've I'm very much looking forward to to those moments with with my kid. 
like where they say something and I'm like, and now you understand. Yeah. Now you get it. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to those. Yeah. With me, um, I'm trying to think of what I really enjoyed music wise prior to like prior to finding my own avenue of music when I was a kid, to be honest, you ready for this? Ace of bass. That basically, (laughs) I had, I had a, uh, uh, a lady, she lived in the apartments next to where me and my dad lived when I was like, probably like five. Yeah. And it was in the era of tapes. Okay. Cassette tapes. Yeah. And she, she babysat me. She had like a couple kids too. Yeah. We were on the tail end of that. Like the, the transition from tapes into CDs. Yeah. Yeah. So I was probably like five or six. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when my dad would go to work, she would, uh, babysit me. And I remember riding in her car and she had two cassette tapes that I remember anyway. One of them was Ace of Bass. Mm-hmm. The other one was the Spice Girls. Oh, man. That first album. So, sure. And I never really loved the Spice Girls, but dude, Ace of Bass. Ace of Bass was where it's at for a bit. Dude, are you kidding me? All that she wants is another baby. Dude, what I a great song. I saw the open up my eyes. Yeah, great songs. So much. Dude, <laughs> dude. When they played the radio, I'm like, these songs are awesome. Yeah. So underrated. Like, uh, they were kind of like, I think they're kind of in that people feel like, oh, they're cheesy. It's, it, it's, it's kitsch. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not art, but it's like, those songs are so good. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, I anyway. said we were going to get off track. Let's yeah, get back we, to the whale. <laughs> what are we looking at time wise? Um, we're probably around rating time. Yeah, okay. we're, we're probably there. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a ton else to say about the movie aside sure. from like I fucking loved it. I thought it was just incredible. Yeah, that's that's why. And it's so sad. I genuinely was like, I could not hold back the tears watching the movie. Yeah, it genuinely made me cry. It was so sad. It is a sad film. What did you feel about the reveal when he finally shows like the kids he teaches? He's like, he always keeps his camera off because sure. he doesn't want him to know how fat he is. And then he turns on the web camera. Um, I think that he was kind of, I mean, that was, that was an interesting part of the movie just because he was, that's where he's at his lowest and where he's essentially just checked out. Yeah. I love that. He's like, I don't care about my job. He's like, fuck those assignments. I told you to write. They're useless. Write something honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it was interesting seeing the reaction from all of the students because a lot of them, you could tell that none of them wanted to have a reaction. Like, it, it, again, whoever the actors were that were playing that those parts because yeah. you only see them in those tiny little you know cameras on the Zoom thing. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job of portraying trying not to elicit a response. Like trying not to get a response. Yeah, it's kind of like a nuanced. Yeah, it's kind of a nuanced thing to have to do. Yeah. So, but you know, you saw one kid kind of like raise up his phone to take a picture, and (laughs) but my whole thing with it was, I was like, I get that he's like fat Mm -hmm. and he's embarrassed about that, but I feel like most people would be like, yeah, I've seen a fat guy before. Sure. Yeah, he was like you're on a screen. Like it's it's not like. You look like some grotesque monster. Right, like you're disfigured. Like, especially and... in like a webcam. <laughs> I don't know. That that part was the only part where I was like, I don't, I like I get what they're doing, but also I don't feel like it's as, imp- as impactful as 
they're trying to make it be for this. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think that the 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 film was good. It, it did a really good job of making you feel for all the characters. Sure, yeah. And I watched it, and I was done with it, and I'm probably never going to watch it again. Yeah, it's not something you need to watch more than once. Yeah. It's kind of the way I felt about, like, Banshees of of Inisherin. Sure. Um, Whereas, like, oh, I really like this. I think this is a great piece of art. I don't don't think I'll be revisiting it because it just made me sad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it it was a really cool thing to experience, but it's not something you're going to pop on for a... Right. for fun it's like i think i'd rather watch the office or something for the 10th fucking time i am right there with you dude i'm right there with you yeah all right well with that being said um let's let's get let's rate this bad boy all righty so if you had to eat a meatball sub (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that sub could be between one and 30 inches how many inches of meatball sub are you eating i am I'm probably going to eat, I'm probably going to eat, I think 25 inches of this sub. Yeah, 25 inches out of this 30 inch sub. You know, yeah, actually, okay, actually, yeah, I'm going to change. So for the rating scale is a 30 inch sub is delivered to you. You're going to eat 25 inches of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This was, it was a good film. I did enjoy it. Um, I probably won't watch it again, or if I do, it's not going to be for a very long time. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that it was worth seeing at least once. I would say that if people haven't seen it and they're up for a watch, because this is not a lighthearted film, they're up for sitting down and, and watching a movie that has some emotional impact. This is a pretty good one to pick. Yeah, if you want to cry, watch this movie. If you are like me and you're basically dead inside most of the time, <laughs> and <laughs> you you're like, you're feel. like, I forgot what it's like to have feelings like a normal person. Yeah, this is a great one to watch. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't quite get that reaction. Um, but maybe I'm more dead inside. I don't. I don't know, Thor. Uh, but it was good. It was definitely good. It was good to see Brendan Fraser again. Um, the last thing that I saw him in was some Doom Patrol stuff, but he just does voice oh, acting. Oh, that's right. He is in Doom Patrol yeah. as the guy with the mask. Yeah, yeah. He's like uh, a whole... I forgot. I fucking love him in Doom Patrol. Yeah, he's great in that. So, Brandon Fraser is genuinely just pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm sad he got his Peter touched by that old dude or whatever. I know, right? It's a, it's a shame. Yeah. I'd like to know the story more about that. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm curious if it's, like... Because you know, like Shia LaBeouf's story, right? Where he was like on an art display. Yeah, he was yeah. he was on an art display, like fully naked, and he said he had to just sit there still. And some girl came and like molested him, and he like really fucked him. Like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, get out of here with your transformer money. So I hope the story is. Not worse that? than that yeah like i didn't feel bad for shia labeouf oh some lady touched your dick when you weren't expecting it and that really hurt your uh, like really fucked you up shut up shut up you were the one sitting naked in a room idiot <laughs> oh that's right that's right 
<sighs> so what do you guys think? You know what? I'm going to go to Missouri on this one. We've got some <laughs> listeners in Missouri. Now I know St. Louis is there. If you could inform me of some more things that are happening in St. Louis or Missouri as a state, we'd appreciate that. I'm pretty sure St. Louis has the big arch. It's like a landmark. Okay. I think it's just called the arch. The arch? Or something. That's cool. Are you familiar? Nope. Uh, it's, I'm going to look like it up. It's like one damn, of go. the McDonald's golden arches, except it's not golden. It's silver. Yeah, and it's fucking I'm huge, pretty sure right? it's like the biggest one. Is it a building? In the world? Oh, no, it's just like a structure. It's a structure? Just like a statue? Like a sculpture? It's just a giant fucking arch. What's the purpose of that arch? All right, is it let's... just an artistic thing? Uh, let's see. I think it's kind of like, like, what's the purpose of the Eiffel Tower? You know what I mean? Well, people go up there and look at things. Look at, like, all of Paris from it. Alrighty. The Gateway Arch is a 630-foot-tall monument in St. Louis. Uh... Clad in stainless steel and built in the form of a weighted catenary arch. I don't know what that means. It is the world's tallest arch and Missouri's tallest accessible building. Okay, so you can go inside of it. Okay, well that makes sense then. Uh, Some sources consider it the tallest human-made monument in the Western Hemisphere. Goddamn China beat us. That's what what that implies. (laughs) It would say the world if it was the world, but that means China made a bigger monument. God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. If it's if it's a building, right? It's, you can go inside of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's built as a monument to the westward expansion of the United States, which kind of which kind of makes sense because that's um, that that's kind of like right at the point where sure uh, what they call it? the Missouri Compromise, right? Am I am I misremembering that? I don't know. But essentially, that's like kind of right at the point of like the frontier when westward expansion really started. Yeah. That makes sense. It, I would imagine that this is pretty cool to see in person. I mean, it's a pretty, just looking at it. And I know that these buildings are in the background, but it's, it does seem massive, which is kind of wild. It's 630 feet. Yeah. That's pretty big. That's wild. Oh, yeah. So those of you in Missouri, if you're on the arch, if you're listening to us, Send us a recommendation all the way from St. Louis. We'd love to hear from you. You are home to a film critics association, so I'm sure you That's got, true. Yeah, you guys sure you probably got some good recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess next week I've got to I've got to recommend something to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you're up. Yep. I have thought nothing about this. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I thought nothing about this. Um Do we do we stay on the movie train? What are what are you feeling? Because we've done we've done a couple of movies in a row. Yeah, I don't care whatever whatever you want, man. Well, what are you? Feeling? Well, and so just as a little bit of a spoiler alert, yeah. The the episode after next week's episode will be falling on Halloween. We're doing a horror movie, cool. which will be revealed next week. Yes, yes, yes. Micah yeah. fucking hates horror movies. I am not a fan of the Halloween scene in general. But I got a pretty good pick that I think he's yeah not he's a- gonna not completely hate not a um, halloween guy so if you want to go movie that's fine we can do a bunch in a row or something else i don't care yeah i think so i've got a movie in my brain and this is sticking out to me so i think this is what we do have you seen the movie old boy i have yeah oh good okay like the you're, are you talking I've about seen, don't you tell me that you saw the american one yeah i saw the american one you haven't seen the actual one no don't talk shit about the American one. It's cool. 
You only say that because you haven't seen the actual one. Okay, fine, fine. Josh Brolin has sex with his hot daughter. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> also, there's like a really neat fight scene in there. I don't remember a ton oh else about that movie. Oh my gosh, Thor. Okay. So that really neat fight scene is an homage to the original really neat fight scene <laughs> oh, yeah. in Old Boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The- <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Have you seen Akira? Akira? Yeah. No. That's what we're getting into. <laughs> okay. We're jumping back into anime. <laughs> all I know about Akira uh-huh. and why I know how to say it that way is mm-hmm. because of an episode of Rick and Morty <laughs> where oh, really? they reference it. Yeah. Akira. Um, that movie was made in 1998. I'm sorry, 1988. Akira. Akira. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It is a film. It is anime. It's pretty hardcore anime. I know that you're on the fence with yeah. some anime. I'm very curious to see what you think about <laughs> okay, this one. Okay, okay. All right, because it's a little out there. It's a good segue into the Halloween season. All it's, right, cool. It's a, it's a bit funky. It's a bit funky. So that's what we're going to get into next week, folks. Um, if you want to get hold of us, you can do so through a number of different avenues. One of them is on Instagram. We are at GetWreckedPod. Get Wrecked Podcast. Yep, at Get Wrecked Podcast. Or you can send us an email at getwreckedpod at gmail.com. Am I right in that one? You are. It's right. G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. All right. So send us info and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, let us know what you thought of uh, The Whale. Do you agree? Am I too harsh on the big fat fatties? Uh, am I uh, a... Uh, what, what, the, what do you think they call it when you're... You are a weightist. Uh, a fattest? Uh, yeah. I'm not body positive, that's for certain. I f- Honestly, I feel like we should all be ashamed of our bodies, our sexual orientations, just our, our sexual preference. I feel, honestly, I feel like we should all be ashamed of everything about ourselves. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, on that <laughs> note. <laughs> I'm kidding. Let your... I'm fucking kidding, obviously. Yeah, you can't cancel Thor. He's already been canceled. (laughs) By my own self, there's nothing you can say that's worse than the things I say to myself. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, until next time. As always, you get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. (sighs) Want to order meatball subs? (laughs) 